It's Leafs Talk with J.D. Bunkus and Sam McKee. It's 1 a.m. It's, <laughs> it's now October 28th. We're full spooky season. Leafs lose. Leafs lose. Just, uh, uh, this could be a short and sweet one, but what a vintage night for the pee-pee whack boys. <laughs> uh, yeah, it really is just too predictable at this point. It's really, we should just, somebody tweeted, I don't know who it was, that we should just play the play the tape from the Coyotes game, and it yeah. probably would just be the same pot, because it's just every goddamn night, man. We're doing man. the same show. This This is... This is stupid. Tonight was stupid. This was genuinely like for the game to start on a goal against where nobody skates back hard and they give a free break on the backup, backup goalie. The so like third their only stringer. good player. <laughs> yeah. It was just the one guy, 39 and teal. Maybe put a was, body on him. <laughs> it was it was like they just picked up right where they left off with the Golden Knights game. Mm-hmm. And all I could think of watching the highlights, because you can pick multiple different guys. None of the three guys involved in the play do anything well, right? It's a bad goal by Shalgren where he just looks like why is he swimming out of his net? Why is he out of position? Why is Justin Hall not making a play? But Austin Matthews just, like, they break it down on the broadcast. He's eight feet ahead of Logan Couture when the puck is turned over. And I couldn't get that image out of my head of Sheldon Keefe on the bench during the Golden Knights game screaming, we got to skate. We got to skate. You know, he's furious on the bench. That's as mad as he's going to be. That's all he's, yeah, he's pleading with his team to skate. And they just wouldn't do it for the first period. They just wouldn't do it for most of the second period. And then what happens? They get a beauty goal at the end of the second period, mm-hmm. right? Marner sets mm-hmm. one up. It's a tic-tac-toe. All the good guys end up getting a little touch, feathers it in, and they play well in the third. They play a third period that had they just done that from the jump, they easily win that game, and instead it goes to OT. I don't even want to say it's a lazy turnover by Nylander. That's just an overtime turnover. It breaks oh, out the other way. Pow- like, I want to talk about goal, that a little bit. Over. I want okay, to talk yeah, about it a little bit. Yeah. Listen, how many these guys have played enough three on three now over the last five, six years that they've been in the NHL. They've been playing three on three forever. First of all, Sandine is way too deep down there. Like it's three on three. You're the defenseman. Like, why are you even making yourself an option there? Like, it's just it's a no win situation. And Willie turns. He has a look. He just fires it right onto the stick and you're absolutely caught. It was a bad pass by Nylander, no doubt. It was a really bad pass. But I don't know why Sandine is down there in that situation in the first place. Like, you have him up there. You have Tavares on that line. I know you're trying to get in there and make some offense, but it's three on three. You're the defenseman on the ice. You're in a bad position, and you put Willie in a bad spot to make a bad pass. So I didn't love that, really. And I know that they... I guess you can be happy that they got a point in San Jose with a team that largely... No, like, I sent you the text during the game they're largely getting caved in by guys I have never really heard of. I know that the, we're supposed to know the entire NHL. No, I'm like like, that Barry Banov. He's played with the Leafs. I'm like, look at that flow. He's flying out there. Like you said, there's, there was one forward on the sharks, 39 in teal Mm -hmm. that has a brand of being a good player. Mm -hmm. Like the rest of their forward group, and Carlson. Carlson's good, too. No, but I said forwards. Oh, forwards. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Carlson is obviously good. He finishes the game. I just mean, they, hey, kudos to the goalie there. 
because he made some good saves in the third period and one sprawling what was his name? one against Kakkonen? I don't even Kakkonen. know who the hell he is yeah. either. <laughs> Kakkonen is what's happening. He's just made some good saves down the stretch. He had an 8-6-3 coming into tonight, by the way. But, dude, that, that's it. They didn't get goalied, right? They've been goalied in the past by bad teams, mm-hmm. and that used to be their MO was, oh, they just get bad luck against some of these bad teams. This is now Montreal. This is now Arizona. This is now the San freaking Jose Sharks where they have just shown up with completely incomplete performances. Like, I told you, what, a week ago that they just can't have the same patterns repeat themselves and expect for the coach to keep his job. And this is going to build up. What did I say? I said 10 games in, if they're 500, people are going to start talking about it. Well, they're eight games in, and Old Trotsy kind of sped that up by going on a podcast and saying he wants to coach the Leafs. But, yeah, but you know <laughs> why he said it? Because he, he probably saw Sheldon Keith burying himself on live television and went, oh, well, I guess I could take that job. And he saw our poor boy, Boudreaux, who gets his first win tonight. Oh, He's yeah. Oh, oof, Brucey is feeling good about beating <laughs> The Seattle Kraken. <laughs> they just Boy, put, they, they just sent it a tweet with like a big quote board, and they're like six hundredth yeah. win. I'm like they've had that for two and a half weeks. They haven't yeah. been able to send it. <laughs> yeah, just sitting there. That's the <laughs> rot. That, no, that's the L.A. Lakers uh, balloons in the rafters with Jerry West just oh, like rotten. Oh up yeah, there. you know every year yeah. you place the Celtics, you can just leave the balloons, the balloons up in the rafters. Man, I just I hate doing this because. The whole team, like, what's he? What's Sheldon keep supposed to do about Pierre Engvall? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, he gets that one scoring opportunity at the end of the game. It's another dogged performance from Engvall where and he just, he's coasting. He takes the double penalty. Like, he's been a wide open net in the third, rushes it. Here's awful. the thing. Here's the thing. I'm getting a ton of texts from all people in my life, of course, about mm-hmm. the Leafs, and I'm getting tons of Hall hate, right? They're like, how is Hall playing in this situation? How is Hall playing? Who the hell else is he supposed to play? Yeah. Right? Like, he's on the second pair. He is the second pair option. Do you want them to play Giordano more than he already is playing? Do you want them to play Mete more than he already is playing? This decor, man, is paper thin. There's no options for, like, we can kill Sheldon Keefe for all we want. Like, we can talk about how they're not responding to him. They're having these bad starts. But if you want to talk about the personnel of this team and him having to play, it's like, oh, we got to get rid of Hall. Who the hell is going to play? Is it? I right. guess it's Lilligren when he gets healthy, but like, are you sure of him? Is it Jamie Ben when he gets healthy? Like, people can kill the usage of these guys, but when you look at the bottom half of this forward group and you look at the bottom half of this decor, it's not very good. What do you know? It's the same story. And yeah, injuries have happened to the blue line, and people are going to, you know, the defenders are going to continue to defend by saying, yeah, that's their eighth defenseman. Like, they've got depth. They need to get healthy. Well, they've been leaning on a guy in Jake Muzzin who gets hurt every single year. And now they're, he's gone for they're leaning, a very long time. They're leaning on Mark Giordano's 40-year-old legs to give them real minutes. And if the Wayne Simmons experience from a year ago taught us anything, it's that, hey, uh, this is going to get tougher as the season goes on for Gio, especially if he has to keep playing these tough minutes. You're right. Lilligren's going to come back, and the internet was celebrating over two highlights that were posted from his <laughs> AHL game where I went, yeah, he better, he better so. look good. He better <laughs> look good in the AHL. But, yeah, you're, you're desperate for him to come back. 
Um, it's you're right. It's just the depth is just once again not there, and the formula of trying to figure out guys on the cheap it works sometimes, and when it hits, you get to really validate it and really justify it. But what do we see again? Like Kerfoot gets moved up the lineup tonight. He played. Uh, I don't want to say well. He was He's okay. Fine. They had a couple plays. He was Kerfoot. Yeah, he was also pretty bad on the penalty kill. Like, I thought he really hurt them on on the third power play goal. But there's just no identity with the bottom group. And so when you have the pee whack boys going to sleep up top, there's just nothing else that's really happening in the game. Like, the other guys just end up com- completely chameleon with the rest of the way that the game flow is going. So if you're going to find something that's maybe going to turn this around, it's the fact that Matthews finally blasts one into the net and yeah. you need Mar- and Marner scores a goal and you need those guys like do you, the pressure honestly I kind of like they make a lot of money and they're uh-huh. well compensated and I understand the pressures of playing in Toronto and having to carry this team but when those guys look at what is out there in the bottom 6 the pressure they feel going over the boards every shift to feel like they have to score. They have to they have to carry the offense of this team. I understand this. They know that. They're paid well. That's what they do in the NHL. They've done it for years. But year after year, seeing the same sort of mishmash bottom six that barely contributes any offense, it's got to be tiring for the top guys who just constantly have to go out there and produce. You but can again, see it's, it. It's, but it's not even the lack of production to me. Because there are teams that don't have a ton of scoring in their bottom six, but they have that identity, right? Like yeah. the role is very clear and defined. And I'm okay right someone now. Someone who it Keith. seems like someone who it seems like they give a shit, to be honest. Yeah, that's and, what. And they well, they they just have these guys in the bottom six that you can kind of circulate and go through and say, all right, who's in there tonight? Like I didn't even know Malgan was playing until I think midway through the second period. <laughs> I went, oh, Malgan's playing tonight, eh? Like I <laughs> guess I did see that, but I never saw him actually play. the The third line had a couple of decent shifts. But again, it's, it's the thing I mentioned with the Lilligren at the AHL thing. You're playing the San Jose Sharks on a, a Thursday night. You should see the third line have a couple of good shifts mm-hmm. against them. But they didn't really have an impact on the game. And I, I mentioned this on my podcast today. I was talking about it. But I really like that they moved Bunting down the lineup. Me because too. you know what you have there. But I want to see Michael Bunting play with not two of the best guys in hockey. Like... What are you actually, dude? Because you did sign that contract coming from Arizona as a 26-year-old who wasn't in the league and who kind of got basically a hot stretch with the Arizona Coyotes getting a, a couple of minutes. Can you play down the lineup? Because everyone loves comparing him to Zach Hyman, right? Which he's clearly not. And, mm-hmm. But they say, oh, this is why you pay him the fewer bucks and why it's okay to let Hyman go. No matter where you put Hyman, it was a Hyman line. You could put Hyman on the third line, and all of a sudden, that was his line. He was driving it. He was making an impact. I didn't see that from Bunting tonight. Bunting's most notable play was another guy, as Elliot Friedman said in the pregame, making him a marked man, going after him, trying to get physical, and there's, a, there's double minors. I, like, I thought... I thought he had a pretty positive start. Like He had a couple chances where I was noticing him a right little bit. Right away, he looked good. And I was like, oh, my God, like maybe this is going to be the recipe for the bottom six of the lineup where he goes mm-hmm. down there and he contributes and he can score there. And then he kind of just goes away. The thing, yeah, that I, the, thing, the thing that I said to you about Bunting, that it really is something that I've noticed over the past, I guess, since he's been a Leaf, because I never really watched the, a lot of Arizona Coyote games. But guys are never mad at him. Guys are just always smiling at him. 
There's always no guys that just they grab them, but they're never like want to fight them. They never really like want to like drop the gloves with them. They always just kind of grab onto them. They kind of smile at them. They kind of it's not your typical sort of like enforcer or a guy that's really going to get under the skin of the other. They just are, they're just kind of like, what, what are you going to do to me, man? I feel like there's not that respect factor that you have when you need like a tough guy. I don't know. I, I, I want to, I don't want to see them just immediately go back to bunting on the top line. Like I thought that I don't want to see Kerfoot up there anymore though, but neither do I. But then I ask you, what do you do? Do you try Robertson there? No, you know who I actually do want to see there is Yarn Croc. I, I just want them to basically cycle it through and just try different combinations with the bottom three or the bottom two lines. Because I, I just think you need Kerfoot to play center on your third mm-hmm. line right now. The way the team is built and having him be up there on the first line, I'm going, we, we've done this experiment before and you know this, you know what the result of this is going to be, that Kerfoot can play up there with decent players. And they do it already when they close out games, right? Kerfoot mm-hmm. plays when they're protecting a lead. He goes up in the top six and he plays heavier minutes. But over the course of a game, they just don't have the center depth on this team to have Alex Kerfoot play in the wing. Like it's just it's not a sustainable thing throughout the regular season, especially when you think about what happens if there is an injury to a Tavares like we had to deal with the other night. Mm-hmm. So any other uh, any other any other positives that you have to come out of this? Well, no, I'm not really given positives to playing again one period against the San Jose Sharks. I will say that I'm glad Matthew scored so that a little bit of that goes away. The snake bit thing goes away. But I will say he does he doesn't look like himself still. He mm-hmm. ripped that goal and he celebrated and that was really nice. But for a lot of the game, it's just it's bobbled pucks, it's missing the net, it's not skating extremely hard. And I'm sorry, but Matthews has been like one of the greatest players in Leafs regular season history so far throughout his career, right? Mm, by far. Yeah, he's been amazing. And so there is definitely a reluctance to criticize the guy. And even I am. Like you saw during the panel, Elliot saying over and over again, like, I'm not worried about the guy. I'm not worried about the guy. And I don't think that's what I'm trying to say. What, what I will say, though, is you're the best player on the team. You need to set the tone. And so by coming out in that game and just not skating hard to start and letting your team fall in a hole and then having the bobbled pucks, having the lack of focus, the lack of attention to detail, maybe he is a little banged up, so he's a little bit more afraid of the physical play, but when have we liked Matthews the most? It's when he does play a little physical, Mm -hmm. and like I haven't seen that part of his game really very much this season. And so I just... I'm kind of looking to him because I think Marner has done it in stretches. Like I really do there. Marner has shifts where I go, okay, you're at least engaged in the hockey game. And I just, I haven't seen that from Matthews as consistently. And and I really do think if had he not scored tonight, that that story would have kicked up a little bit. Definitely. And I think with these guys, you're going to be able to point to stats like, you know, not even that fancy of stats, but over ozone but sh- possession but time, always, yeah, all that, and stuff. they're always going to get shots. But, they're dominant, but right? To me, a lot of their ozone possession time is around the perimeter. Yeah, like, oh, it doesn't. For sure see, it is. It's they're just no cy- dirty area time. They're cycling like in the half board area and down like in the not even in the corner, but above the corner behind the net. It doesn't seem like they're getting in. Like not to be kipper here, but it doesn't seem like they're getting into the hard areas. Like, it really mm-hmm. doesn't. And it's frustrating to watch them. And all, what happens usually is it feels like a reason that they've got scored on a lot this year is they're cycling it up near the blue line 
one of those bobbles happens and it goes down the other way and it goes in the net. So they got to find, they got to find a way to get down into that, just into that umbrella area. Cause that's where Matthews had one in the third period where I think it was Martyr that made a great pass to him right in the sweet spot, caught it Mm -hmm. and he shot it. I thought that was going to be a second goal to give him the lead and Kupo Kakinen or whoever the hell the goalie's name was made an unbelievable blocker save to stone him. So mm-hmm. he is getting chances, but it's still, it's just completely anecdotal, but he still doesn't look like he looks when he's at top speed to yeah. me. I, like I said, I just, I want to see him play more like a power forward and I want to have his game feel like he is setting the tone for the rest of the group. He's the best, best guy. He's the face of the franchise. I'm sorry, but yeah, you make 11 sheets. Uh, I want to see a little bit more on a night where you're coming off of a loss to the Golden Knights and mm-hmm. you have to be the guy that comes out and says, yeah, we're not going to lose this one. And that gets me to listen. Where and that's I fair, started. dude. That's fair, yeah. though. Like, you don't no, think you don't think he feels that about himself. Like, it's not like you're saying something that's unfair. He wants Sometimes to go out there and know. play one of the worst teams in the league and dominate. That's not an unfair yeah. thing to say. Yeah. Um, you should be and by far the best guy on the ice the whole game every night. Well, dude, but it's, even that, that it's hard game because, especially. Well, but McDavid, I, I hate comparing him to McDavid too because McDavid is just a better player. But McDavid had a hat trick tonight. His team is down against a lowly Blackhawks team and he just turns it on and he ends the game. And he goes, yeah, no, this is not happening. You're just like comparing him to, it's, it's, I know that we used to say, we used to have well, the dude, Matthews won the heart last year. I know, so I it's, know. He I know beat, you're right. He beat McDavid for the heart. He should at least be able to kind of take over a game and turn it up a notch. And I thought Marner did that for a little while, and I thought Marner did that in the third. Matthew scores the goal, but yeah, I'm mm-hmm. just telling you, like he hasn't been a tone setter. And I feel like when your best guy doesn't skate back, doesn't back check on a first goal of the game when it's Logan Couture, and doesn't make a point of emphasis when, again, the night before, the game before, sorry, against Golden Knights, that was the issue, was not mm-hmm. skating back and supporting the D. It just it resonates a little bit more, man. It's just something to me. And this is what I mean about the whole... 10 games in it, the, the storyline of Keith's it's job security. As, it's not quite as early as it once was here. No, it's not. And, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to get, what is the saying? It's going to get uh, late early. Well, here. It's, already, and I, it's already, it's just late, late right now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just, I can't help but shake it where I go. I don't see, they, there's so many lulls for this team right now. They have so many bad periods. There are so many bad shifts. There are so many times where they do not look threatening so far this season. And I'm sorry, but you're not making a big trade. I don't know if they're doing the Chikrin deal. Like, okay, maybe you're holding on to that if you're a Leaf fan. Uh, Chikrin's still week to week, by the way. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know how much this stuff is like him being away and him actually being hurt, but who cares? You're going to trade your cap space from your injured defenseman for another Band-Aid defenseman. I'm so worried about that, by the way. But Anyways. Not, not, not even just that, though. It's like, do you really think Jacob Chikrin's going to show up here, the guy from the Arizona Coyotes, and just yeah. change the complexion of the team, like change the Dude, fortunes of the team? I've never had more conversations about a hockey player than I've watched less in my life. <laughs> Jacob Chikrin. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Every That's day, true, Kipper's man. like, oh, yeah. Chikrin. I'm like, so no bad. idea. I'm like, yeah. no idea. No clue. No so, clue. <laughs> I, to me, there's there's just the one lever to pull that people are going to talk about, and that is Sheldon Keefe. I know. And the the more his team shows up and has these lulls and has these bad patterns, and he's trying to search and he's benching the Engvalls and he's cycling through his bottom six and he's trying to mm-hmm. figure out one way or another to get this group to play a complete game. the The heat is just going to continue to build up on the yeah. guy, man. Like it's it it is it's feeling a product very, of the market. 
it is feeling very, very hot pressure or hot seedy for Keefe right now. And yeah, like I, what, I, so the disaster scenario is not justified. No, disaster scenario is if they lose a couple more here in California, they come home under 500. Yeah. That's and they come home. They got a couple days off before they play. I think they play Philly on Wednesday. They come home, play back to back Saturday, Sunday, come home two days yeah. off. Sheldon, I, I know it's crazy. Like, you know, you want it. I don't think it's as crazy anymore. I no, really think the conversation is shifting and he needs a couple wins in Anaheim and in L.A. I just don't think Dubas would do it to him unless it was deeper in the year. I think that that's where the relationship does definitely have a real impact is had this been a, if this is a GM that brought Sheldon Keith in, not as his co-pilot through the AHL and the guy that was his coach and the guy that he stumped for at the podium last year, mm-hmm. saying that he's going to become he, one of he's the, the next Barry, he's the next Barry trots. Yeah. I, I think that the seat is a little bit hotter. Um, mm-hmm. But he probably waits it out. They probably normalize to a degree. But you're right. It's just how do you how do you justify it? How do you explain it when you continue to have nights like this? And how do you just try to give your group a shot in the arm? It's, you you, it's, you it's, it's, the, it's the classic move. You try to end up firing a coach and you get a different voice in there. It's ominous, though, because what happened with Babs when at the end all Babs ever talked about was starting on goddamn time and they never started on time and now here we are two and a half years later and they're never starting on time man man so it's getting warm here it's getting warm yeah it does it feels a little warm and it definitely feels like saturday night against the kings you lay an egg and (sighs) you get a game where uh trevor moore scored tonight by the way uh of course he did you know he's got six points in eight games uh got another point tonight uh, he's playing 22 a night right now. Well, yeah, uh, Dursey. Yeah, I I have no relationship to Dursey. I, I have no feeling about Dursey. Yeah, yeah. It's just I, all, my only point <laughs> is, is that yeah, there's, I you can just you can see the oh yeah yeah the narrative's building. <laughs> you you can you can see the the talk like you can see the way that this is gonna go and yeah big game on a Saturday like that's it man. You lose to the Kings, and all of a sudden there's a lot of pressure on the back end of a back-to-back against the lowly Anaheim Ducks, where if you have another performance like that, now you've stacked them up and gone, wait, what have you done against the Sharks, the Ducks, the Coyotes, the, the Canadians? Also, just even if they get out of this, and this will be the last point I make, and then we'll go to bed. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you do normalize out of this, we talk a lot with this team about taking the regular season and trying to make sure that you do end up in a spot where you don't in the, end up in the two hole or the three hole to face Gotta up get hot here. the Bruins. And you just wasted opportunities against like low level opponents that you should have just been stacking points against the Leafs. The story of the season for this team so far should have just been, Hey, the Leafs record looks awesome, but it should have been more like the North division thing where people are going, yeah, but who have they beat? And mm-hmm. instead it's the other way around where you're going, well, who have they beaten? You go, well, no one, because but they're but losing like, who, the bad no, teams. No, too. it's the other way. You go, who beat them? Is what yeah. you say. Who beat them? Yeah. yeah. So who beat them? <laughs> the Leafs have gone and done the Arizona, uh, sorry, done the California road trip 15 times in their, uh, over, and they've been swept on it five times. So mm. I think old Sheldon would really, really like for them to not be swept on it this time. They, he's, he needs his team to come out and have a really good effort against Kings on Saturday night. That's Agreed. just facts. Like that, Agreed. the hockey night panel, I you can already hear the, you can already see Bieksa outlining some lows oh, yeah. from the Leafs. Oh, yeah, 
and somebody, you know, uh, Kelly bringing some positivity. The little 32 yeah. dots, second intermission. Everybody's like, hey, Elliot's up there. Yeah. And he's like, oh, and Barry Well, Trotz. Barry Trotz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Barry Trotz made news this week. Yeah, no, this, <laughs> yeah. He made headlines on the Cam yeah. and Strick podcast. Yeah. Anyways, this by the way, that clip, podcast. by the way, that clip, just before we go, I list, we, it came out during our show. Went back. I was like, oh, I better I'll maybe not go with this. I want to make sure it's not out of context. Went and listened no, to the clip. Yeah. That ain't out of context, buddy. Yeah. No, I, I played it multiple times. I listened to it a lot. Yeah. The, the question to the setup, the answer. He, oh, yeah. he knew what he was doing. Barry Trotz, Barry Trotz wants to coach in Vancouver or Toronto. Like, yeah. he wants one of those two jobs, whichever one becomes available and whichever one forks him over the four plus five, whatever million dollars that he's going to end up getting. Mm-hmm. He wants the Babcock contract. That's what oh, he's yeah. looking for. Uh, anyways, this is Leafs Talk. Subscribe, review. Uh, we're back on YouTube on Sunday. We'll be on Sportsnet now and on the podcast on Saturday. Uh, we're going to get just You're off on Saturday. Yeah, I'm off Saturday. It's gonna be, yeah, it's going to be Born Bourne and I. Born and I, and then Born's going to be back on Wednesday too, so we'll get him on some YouTube stuff. I don't know which of the two of us is going to take that night off uh, against the Flyers. And then you and I on Sunday, back on YouTube. Uh, so that'll be the schedule for the next little while. Anyway, subscribe, leave five stars, do all those things. We'll talk to you soon.